Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about The Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Hey guys, we're back with a little surprise bonus episode. You know, we've just had so many questions and a lot of feelings about this season. It's been full of intrigue and scandal. And so we decided to reach out and get the scoop from someone who actually knows what's going on behind the scenes. Robert Mills. He's the head of alternative programming for ABC, as well as, you know, a prolific tweeter. Yeah, we talked about his history with the franchise. We talked about those off-screen scandals. We basically fixed the show, I think. Definitely. Um, We talked about what we can expect from Paradise. And to me, more importantly, we talked about the proposal, which is The Bachelorette's underappreciated baby sibling, I think. We basically just had a really fascinating conversation, and Rob was kind enough to be candid with us about a whole host of things. So we think you'll really enjoy our uh, back and forth. So today we're joined on the phone by Robert Mills. Thanks so much for chatting with us today. Thanks so much for having me. So for our listeners who might not be familiar with your role somehow, despite your very active Twitter and podcast presence. Great Twitter presence. um, Could you explain uh, a little bit about what your role is at ABC? You know, the easiest way to put it is any programming uh, on ABC in primetime and late night that is not scripted, I oversee. So that is everything from all the reality shows, which is The Bachelor franchise, American Idol, Dancing with the Stars, Shark Tank, America's Funniest Home Videos, all the various game shows we do, um, The Proposal, of course, um, and then all the specials like the Oscars, the CMA Awards, the American Music Awards, um, anything if we do any sort of live music specials, um, and then Jimmy Kimmel Live. So all of the, I oversee all of that. A wide variety. It is a wide variety. <laughs> it definitely runs the gamut. Wow. So how long have you been involved in The Bachelor? Uh, the Bachelor, I've been at the network um, since about 2003 and started in series, I think, in 2005, and that was when I started on The Bachelor. So my first Bachelor season was, uh, if you, I don't know how far back you go, but it was Prince Lorenzo Borghese. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. The Italian prince who didn't speak Italian. <laughs> <laughs> it's more about the, the aesthetic of the Italian prince. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's right, exactly. Yeah, not about the authenticity. Mm-hmm. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> had you, like at that point, had you been watching the show before you got no, involved? No, this is the funniest thing about that. So... You know, I, I was told I was going to oversee The Bachelor. And so I thought, well, I probably should watch the show. <laughs> and so my first season was Lorenzo. So it should. And I thought, I have no idea what people find compelling about this show. I really don't <laughs> get it. And it was it was sort of a different time. It was when The Bachelor was always somebody new. The Bachelor always ran a couple times a year, so it was always on. And it was that thing where it had sort of become a punchline where, oh, yeah, they're going to, you know, meet each other. He's going to pick some girl and then they break up six weeks later. And all of this is exactly what happened. And um, it didn't even get I mean, I remember at this point it was 
the girl he chose it was a girl named Jen, and it was a you know I don't know what this is, but I think it's something. So I want to get basically I want to get to know you better. It wasn't even the proposal or anything like that. It was just the hey, let's date more, which is in some ways a very sensible thing to do. But it also was sort of on. It's like well, we've had this investment for eight. I think at that point it was only eight weeks at the time. And I just don't get what what's compelling about this. And then we had a bachelor named Andy Baldwin who was a naval doctor. And you saw he was and he was really he was very hunky. He was sort of just everything you'd kind of want a bachelor to be. And there were all these women who had the dream of being the wife of a naval doctor. And they were so competitive and into him. And then, and and he proposed at the end. It was great. And then I saw the power of the show. I was like, okay, now I get what's so great about it. Um, but that was sort of my baptism by fire into the Bachelor <laughs> franchise. So coming in, were you like, I have a lot of ideas for how to make this more compelling to watch, or were you just uh, like, oh god? No, no, I did not have one idea, <laughs> and um, I just sort of thought to myself, okay, you guys need to figure out how to make it more compelling. And to their, they did that with, you know, the thing that that. That did work. I remember with Andy Baldwin saying, I saw, I watched his sort of audition tape. I said, oh, this is, you know what this is? It's an officer and a gentleman. And we, I said, well, let's call it that. And I think we, we couldn't call it an officer and a gentleman because Paramount, who owns that movie, had that title. So we had to just call it <laughs> officer and a gentleman, the bachelor officer and a gentleman. And I think that was the, okay, you know, have some of the, the tropes that are great about great sort of romance romances that we've seen, whether in, on TV or in movies. And so I think that, that you know, that was sort of maybe one small contribution I made. But no, it was about just, there's something here. How do we make it more compelling? And, and then a lot of these things have just been happy accidents. I mean, I think that nobody realized when we used somebody from a previous season in Jason Mesnick, who was on Deanna Pops' Bachelorette season, how that was going to be so great because the audience was already invested in him. The girls we cast were invested in this guy. And I think that's what made that season so compelling. And uh, the other thing that was a small tweak that happened completely by happenstance was I think having the show air once a year really helps because it makes that big thing of who's going to be the next bachelor. That's a big thing because it's the only bachelor we get all year. So a lot of the things that have helped and added to the longevity are just things that, that just, happened by by accident but we were sort of ready for them it's that thing of whatever they say luck is when um uh, uh i can't even know the phrase but you, you know the thing i'm talking about yeah, the, yeah. Uh, right so. preparation meets <laughs> yeah inspiration or whatever the hell it is but anyway <laughs> we've had a lot of that with the bachelor and it's been great i also think the rise of social media has absolutely changed how yes. people watch the show how they view it and how we make it. So, and that's certainly yeah, yeah, something we want to get to. But I'm interested in in what you said about sort of leaning into those tropes because I think that's something that as a viewer, as you watch it over and over again, you sort of mm-hmm. notice. Um, yeah. And I that is certainly something that makes it compelling. We feel like there are these sort of familiar characters or these storylines. Do you feel like the proposal element of it is kind of essential now to that like creating that perhaps illusion, at least, of sweeping romance? (laughs) No, absolutely not. I mean, I think that when something different happens, that's always good for the franchise, too. I mean, when Juan Pablo didn't propose, 
I think that ended up that lent itself to a great ending, a great you know, as much as everybody says they hated, you know, Juan Pablo as a bachelor. No, um, I love that season. I love that season. Exactly. I think that that you need to cast more men who half of the women really hate and lean into that. (laughs) No, we, uh, you know, my, my saying is always apathy is the enemy. When you don't care... Or your boy, that's when it's bad. It, there's nothing wrong with, with the hating. As long as you have a feeling, whether it's love or hate, <laughs> it's all good. The other thing people forget is we all love, and I actually still personally, I, I like Juan Pablo a great deal, and I talk to him uh, a lot, but we all loved Juan Pablo. When he was announced, I mean, I remember we announced him on Desiree's finale uh, after the final rose, and we put, you know, Chris says, okay, who's ready to find out who the next Bachelor is? And they show this video and the camera pans down a beach and then they pan up to Juan Pablo. He says, my name is Juan Pablo. And the entire audience erupted like it was a rock concert. I, I was people psyched. Were, I was really excited. so <laughs> excited. And it was also, you know, what was interesting about that too. It was a bachelor we didn't know really much about. We knew he was a single dad and a soccer player and he was really, really good looking. Yeah, and that he was, was really that was cute. He had a cute accent. I think that is why we were excited because <laughs> once we got to, I think that if we had seen more of his personality, people wouldn't have been excited. No, you're right. But in the exactly. end, it did make for a great season either way. So maybe it was it better. It made for a great season. So the proposals are not essential. I mean, the one thing that I think we've seen in the last several seasons is a lot of these proposals now are leading to to marriage. I mean, Ari's getting married in December. I think our last, gosh, four bachelorettes are all about to get married. And we've seen a lot of now paradise proposals that have turned into marriages. And even now, a lot of them are having kids. So it's, it's all, yes, those tropes are important. But, you know, if they don't lead to something, then... They're kind of meaningless. Yeah. Why do you think your the bachelorettes seem to have much better judgment uh, than the bachelors about long term no, potential? Think, <laughs> you know, I, I, at the end of the day, women are probably much smarter. Um, they know what they want. Um, I think that's that's probably a big thing. But I think it just depends on the guy and the sincerity and. People can say whatever they want about Ari, but this guy, I mean, I remember I'm sitting on this couch in my office and he, I remember when he came in and sat across me, it was literally all I want. I just want to find a wife. I've got this life. And he had taken himself out of sort of the, the bachelor world limelight. I mean, he was living this life in Arizona and that was it. And he really backed it up, and he was very sincere. He knew what he wanted, and yes, he had to go through hell to get it. But he did that, and I think that when a guy is sincere, Sean Lowe was absolutely the same way. Um, and I think they all are. I don't think anyone is knows necessarily what they want. I think Nick Nick was always sincere about it, but I think that at the end of the day, maybe it just wasn't the right match for him. But. I think that, but I think the women really come in and they just they they know what they want and, um, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I uh, but I'm certainly glad that our last bachelor is successful and is getting married soon. But it it has been a much higher success rate with the women. You're right. Yeah, has that played into why you guys have been going back to past seasons so much recently? Like we haven't seen a bachelor from the previous season of The Bachelorette for a couple of years now. No, I think it's just certain things happen, and uh, you know, you never know why something 
is, is going to happen. I mean, we were going down a certain path two years ago, and then Nick was on Bachelor in Paradise, and there was just this groundswell of, I can't believe I actually like Nick. And it was a weird <laughs> thing of the, God, what would that season even look like? And the fact we didn't know was kind of a good thing. You know, it just it's like what well, we're talking about with Juan Pablo. It felt different. Right. Let's talk about this season a little bit. Um, speaking of seasons that uh, don't always go as expected, um, <laughs> I mean, how do you think Becca's done as Bachelorette? I think she's done great, and I think that when people see the the ending, I don't know when you guys are airing this podcast, but um, uh, when people see the ending, you'll see, I think when it all comes full circle, I think by and large, she's she's been great. I think she's taken it really seriously. I think she's been sincere. I think it's completed, you know, what's been a hell of a journey from her if you go back to The Bachelor. So I think on those merits, uh, she's done she's done really well. Do you think she's been too composed? Is she, like, too good yes, at her I job? Yes, I think she's absolutely <laughs> been too composed. Well, you know, for TV, maybe that's not the the best, and sometimes, you know, you want somebody who... But she's... The, this is also a real show. You know, we're not doing... Um, a game show or some of the other competition reality shows where you can kind of ratchet that up and produce it. I mean, this is this is real. This is a, this, she's a real person. She absolutely deserved this role. She was the right one. She did it right. And at the end of the day, if you can be successful with that, that's hopefully what people are going to remember. But has she been too composed? Yes, but that's her personality. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just in awe of it personally. Like, I would have had like ten more you know, full-blown panic attacks by the time I got Wait, this far. Wait, are you far, single? So. <laughs> yeah, I'd be great on this show because I'd be awful. When I'm I hear single. panic attack, I'm like, oh, this sounds great. You know what you've never done before is what? have a podcast host be the star of the show. I know. Well, there's a first time for everything. Like I said, it's a, but you sound like You might like get desperate enough. <laughs> you never know. Exactly. Um, I mean, Ari came up a lot this season, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. She seemed still to be dealing with a lot of the feelings from that. Do you think it was too soon for her to be in that position? I don't know. I mean, the one thing you have to – like, it, sometimes it feels like she literally went right into it. I mean, and I guess – from a normal person's perspective, she probably did because they, the breakup happened in January and she started as Bachelor in March. So it's about, you know, 10 weeks. Um, but no, I don't think so. Like I said, I think when you get to the end of the season, you see, no, it worked out the way it should. And she certainly now, I think, looks at everything as, you know, this was all kind of a blessing and it happened for a reason because I think – the idea now seeing what she has versus the idea of what a life with Ari would have been like terrifies her. So I think she's thrilled that it all worked out the, the way it did. Um, but Just, that being said, you know, was she still getting over being blindsided? Maybe a little bit. I think, though, the outpouring of like support she had and all the support from the girls from her season kind of helped with that. But obviously it still is a bit of an elephant in the room this season. Yeah, I would be really afraid to pick someone again that I would look back on and be like, how embarrassing that I picked yeah. that person. No, again, prime, you, you are a prime candidate. <laughs> so uh, obviously there have been a couple pretty big off-air controversies this season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For example, Garrett 
was found to have liked all of these um, mm-hmm. pretty yeah. offensive, uh, bigoted Instagram posts. Uh, yeah. with conspiracy Thank you for giving me examples. I didn't know what you were referring to. <laughs> yeah, that, so that was for the benefit of yeah, our yeah, brand yeah. new yeah. listeners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, I mean, what kind of conversations has that uh, prompted among the production? Well, I mean, it's certainly been a a debate of of what we do to kind of do better so these things don't happen. You don't want these are not the controversies you want on the show. The controversies you want are Ari breaking up with Becca so we can be with Lauren, which is as horrible as that that was um to watch. I mean, it wasn't a horrible thing. He did the right thing and everybody all would agree who was involved in this that he did the right thing. But that's that's the type of stuff you want. You don't want want this type of thing. So I think it's it's the how do we avoid this stuff from happening? How how do you like have you created any or have there been any suggestions of of policies no, or had, things we've that we certainly have had we've had meetings and we've all Warner Brothers produces the show and we air it as ABC and we've all met because it concerns all of us. Right. Everybody's taking it seriously and how do we, you know. I mean, I think the one thing what you know everyone wants to make clear is that we didn't do the you know somebody like obviously there was the Lincoln thing, which I think everybody realizes was just something was a slip up in kind of the the way we do the background checks, which are very thorough, but you sort of saw, okay, here's how this happened. We need to make sure this never happens again, and it you know it won't um in terms of the social media stuff, it is the okay. When this happens, how do we how do we avoid it so we can at least get in front of it and see what it is and address the situations? And most of them are, you know, really bad. That it would be hard to put somebody like that on on the show. But I think it's just addressing these on a case by case basis and just being able to do that before before it all happens, as opposed to when the show is airing. Right. Well, have you guys thought about um, integrating social media um, and online stalking of your dates into the show more, um, like making that accessible to the lead? Um, it's funny that that seems to come up all the time that people think that's a good idea. I don't know. Certainly, I'd hate to use the phrase "the lead has access to online stalking," <laughs> um, but. Um, uh, Meant colloquially, not a right. yes, exactly. <laughs> of course. Um, uh, yeah, I think that all that stuff. I mean, you know, it, certainly we want to avoid having these these situations. You know, like I said, controversies that you don't want to have happen. But also, you know, you look at does that as a from a production standpoint, does it lead to a to a better show? You know, quite possibly, just uh, certainly creatively, it could could lead to something very interesting. So, yeah, to me, yeah, we like, talk about all that stuff. It yeah. could be really just from a viewer's perspective. It could be fascinating to have the lead be into someone, and then they're like presented a right, set of exactly, Instagram yeah. likes, and they have mm-hmm. to confront it. Well, what you I, I don't, don't know. I think do there's is potential. Look like it's a setup. <laughs> I think there's potential. You know, it's like this is fun to talk about, but you don't also want to make it look like we've completely set you up and then pulled the rug out from under That's you. That's also a fair point. You know, so I think that all this stuff, again, it, a lot of this stuff seems so black and white, and some of it is, but some of it isn't. So I think that that's why there's just a lot of discussion around all of it. Yeah, and I think we're just interested in, you know, yeah, having this conversation with you because it is, 
it is obviously a change that the show has had to confront. You know, when the show started, mm-hmm. just social media was not a reality the way mm-hmm. that it is now. Um, yeah. And to me as a viewer, to both of us, it's, it's just really fascinating to see the way that the outside world kind of creeps into the world of the show more because we all just have way more access to information about each other. No, it's it's just, it's fascinating. I mean, it is, if you just, you know, if I... If you take yourself out and remove yourself and just look at it from a just a, 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 a like just how how this is and how different this all is and how just the world has completely changed, it's really it is really fascinating. And um, I think that yeah, we have to look at that. Like I said, I think social media has changed this show way way more for the better than the worse. But we've got to look at all this stuff. Yeah. So. The situation with Garrett now, he's in the final two, mm-hmm. um, so he wasn't at Men Tell All. Is there something planned to address it on After the Final Rose? You know, I think that, first of all, I think Garrett was really upset by all this and got in front of it immediately. And he said something which is really, to me, the only thing you can say, and he said it sincerely, which is the, look, I totally understand why this upset people. It upsets me. I want to, you know, I want to learn, I want to be, be better and learn more and become a more, you know, fully developed and well-rounded person. And I don't know what more there is to say. In ter- I mean, certainly, do I think it'll be addressed? Yeah, in terms of it's something that happened on the season and, you know, maybe how some of this stuff affected him. But it certainly isn't going to be an inquisition by Chris Harrison saying, you know, you said you were sorry, but how sorry were you? Or were you really sorry? I want to know how sorry he is. (laughs) I think he was, his apology sort of said he, he feels really bad. And certainly, you know, if he takes it, I don't know what he's going to say. He might take it upon himself to say something, but um, you know, I don't think we're going to strap him to a chair and force him to look at these again and say, you know, what was going through your head when you liked this? What were you thinking? Um, that's not what this show is, you know? Um, but uh, so... Although who I, could forget watching Caitlin uh, confront her uh, slut-shaming tweets, the slut-shaming yes, exactly, tweets that were sent yeah. to her. That was... No, those were things... That, right, exactly. And she hadn't but she, and she hadn't really addressed it at that point. So I think that that was it. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that obviously... Uh, you know, it, it will somehow it will come up, but I don't think we're going to, you know, make it a, a you know a three-hour TED talk about the pros and cons of you know being able to like things on social media. Yeah, sure. sure. Um, That's yeah. probably not what The Bachelor excels at. No, I do think it is no. interesting, <laughs> though. Given given what we know about Becca, even separate from how those likes made it maybe made us see Garrett. I mm-hmm. I just as a viewer would be curious to know like if this is the person that she has chosen and then got this new information, like how does that affect a relationship? Um, yeah. No, and I think that that's something that is, you know, that's something that is about them personally. And I think that that's something that, you know, probably will would be addressed is, you know, how did this, uh, what was it like seeing that, knowing that this is somebody you're dating on the show and then you see it afterwards. And and Becca's kind of talked about that as well. Um, so I think that anything that has to do with, a you know a relationship or what's happening is is certainly that that's one thing mm-hmm. um but i think that you know talking about it from a a bigger 
uh, a you know a more thirty thousand foot view about about this stuff probably wouldn't happen. Mm. We also have to talk about Lincoln, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, for our listeners who somehow don't know, he was mm-hmm. uh, charged with indecent assault and battery uh, prior to appearing on the show. Um, and he wasn't invited, it seems like, to the Men Tell All special. Correct, yeah. Um, he wasn't mentioned. What was the calculation made there to not uh, to not mention his absence or have any of the men speak to that? Well, I think everyone agrees. That, yeah, this was a very black and white issue. He did something wrong. He never should have been on the show. And I think having Chris sort of, you know, ask the guys, well, what does everyone think? Did he belong in the show? Should he be here? Should he, about? he did something wrong. Like, it's such a – this is such a simple thing. Um, Chris has talked about this in interviews that he did not deserve to be invited or talked about, and he's absolutely right. Like, I mean, to me, this is a five-second conversation, um, and it's just odd to me that people are like, well, why wasn't that talked about on Mental All? Um, it's like – that's why nobody agrees. No, I mean, really, nobody would agree with what this guy did. And if you did, boy, that's a problem. So, um, I, you know, I think that that's really what it was. Was there ever a conversation about like editing him out of the rest of the show, or I, there? You know, we did some. I mean, unfortunately, this was a. It was look. It was a really, really unfortunate thing, especially because. Lincoln was one of the guys on the after the final rose, the live one, mm. and it would if somebody had told us we could have eliminated him from the show entirely. He just never would have been on, and it, it sort of came up. I mean, yes, we could have. You still have a two-hour show to put on, and it was hard. I mean, I think we tried to edit him the best we could, but um, it was unfortunate that he was part of you know a few more weeks after this all came to light. But I think, again, I think everybody tried to do it the best they possibly could. Yeah. And just to what you're bringing up about, you know, if someone had reached out, I am Mm -hmm. I am sort of curious about, you know, we're in this moment of national reckoning. Uh, Obviously, Lincoln thing is very black and white. There was, Mm -hmm. you know, a charge already out there. You know, if you beef up a background check that should be found and that's pretty clear um mm-hmm. but it seems like just not necessarily an inevitability but not unlikely that if you are casting a bunch of men in anything mm-hmm. there might be something that comes out that hasn't been out there before about one of them right or more. um has have you guys I, I don't expect you to have a clear answer to this but just as we see like more conversations around some of these contestants start to happen. And obviously there um, was the incident with one of the men who was on the proposal. Like, yes. have you guys had conversations about systems to be put in place to address this if information does come to light? I uh, think honestly, to your point, it's just it's really a case by case basis. And we've just got to look at everything and 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 really try and do the best we can it's it's really difficult and um i think that's that's really all we can do right now because everyone is actually different in their own way and they're all you know you don't like any of them i'm not saying one is better than the other but i think we just got to address them all 
hopefully as, as best we possibly can. And also, I hope we can try and be as transparent as we can with the audience, because that's, again, when the show works best. And I do believe everybody, all the fa- why the fans, why this show is so dear to them is because they do feel like they are part of this show and they're producers as well. So um, I think that's really what we'll try and do. Yeah, that makes sense. I saw that um, Ashley Spivey, who's obviously mm-hmm. been super outspoken about this stuff, posted on Instagram today, actually, a few suggestions that she had as to how the franchise could, in her words, earn back viewers' trust on some of this stuff. And she had suggested the possibility of ABC or Warner Brothers setting up a hotline where people could actually report things about, you know, yeah, histories already, of sexual harassment. Yeah, we sort of already said this. The, the ideas she presented were not, you know— <laughs> things nobody has either said or thought of um so is that something you guys would consider doing i i think that there's a lot of things we're talking about um you know a lot of things i can't really say but i mean i think everything the the point would certainly be to never have these things happen again so i think everything is under consideration I've been watching the the British show Love Island on hulu (laughs) yeah and what i realized which surprised me is that it's it seems to be aired in pretty much real time, mm-hmm. uh, and contestants who come on the show have been watching it already. Uh, is that something The Bachelor would ever consider, such that like then if we find out about something, someone could just be yanked from the house? <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course. I wish, you know, we don't really shoot it. Some of these are edited closer than others, but believe me, I mean, that would be great. I mean... Uh, you know, we certainly had, if you remember, this isn't something that happened publicly, but when when Jay, on Jake Pavelka's season, we had one of the contestants who had had an inappropriate relationship with the producer, and it was great. She was removed, and it was great TV. <laughs> a real win-win. Win. It's a win for everyone, exactly. Yeah. If only they do something bad on the show where you can, like, catch it in real time. That's right, exactly. <laughs> Um, what about like releasing just a, like a rap sheet of contestants ahead of time and just seeing if anyone <laughs> recognizes any of them? Yeah, like I said, I mean, I think that there's all sorts of things that are being talked about. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, we will uh, we, anything that can be helpful is certainly being considered. Yeah. yeah. No, and we appreciate you being so <laughs> candid. We understand that. These are really, really big questions no, and they conversations. Are, look, they're, they're big things. I think it's important for us to, to say, like, we recognize this and feel as bad as anybody. About the, you know, this is, uh, you know, we want, first of all, we want we want the lead to, to get the best possible men and women to, to be dating. Because, again, you're, you're talking about in a perfect world, this is a, a soulmate. And also, you want the people to be able to enjoy the show. Like that's 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 really the thing. This is supposed to be an escape, and we've seen through the years what this show means to people. I mean, we've had people who've been literally like dying of, and they've come to tapings, and it's the last sort of good day of their life, and okay. they talk about how it's helped them, you know, get over things. And when, you know, this is a show that means a lot to people, and you want it to to be able to keep being that way. So. I think it it's super important for us to to get in front of this and make it so people can enjoy it. Yeah, I'm just going to say that if, you know, the Trump interruptions could be avoided, it would really enhance my personal yeah. viewing experience. Don't get, don't get me started on that. <laughs> I mean, I can't. Why this guy picked Monday night of all nights? 
I think it's because um, he wanted to interrupt the best reality show on television. I well, I guess yeah, I would take it that way. You know, The Apprentice <laughs> is no longer on. Um, the Apprentice was never as good as The Bachelorette. Come on, it wasn't. But I think in his mind, it probably was. Oh, I, I'm, I'm certain in his it mind, was it really, was. It was really. It was. It was stunning how this stuff happened. But um, <laughs> look, we we and obviously, look, honest to God, I mean, we we try and. Do the best possible job around this stuff. Nobody likes this, so I hope we never have a summer like this again. Yeah, same. For so many reasons. For so many reasons. <laughs> so many reasons. It's so true. We're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back with a lot more from Rob Mills, talking about the proposal, paradise, and who the next bachelor might be. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, upcoming seasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'd like to hear about who our next Bachelor might be. Have you guys started to to consider that, um, maybe from the top four or five? Well, yeah. I mean, The Bachelor starts later than Bachelorette in terms of production. You know, we for, for Bachelorette, we do the after the final rose. And then, like, three days later, we start Bachelorette. So we have to have that in the, ready to go. But with Bachelor, we have a little more time. So we have, you know, we don't start until the end of September. And I think like we've done really the past several years, we're going to take our time and and look and see and hear everyone and get some distance from this season and even looking at Bachelor in Paradise because that's where Nick came. And mm-hmm. we will sort of go from there. But obviously it's been great to hear – I don't think I've ever heard such a kind of divided, in a good way, group of viewers who are – there are so many people that people are kind of throwing their support behind. And that's really important. It's important to see who the viewers like. And also we'll look at the girls that are coming in for casting and who they're interested in because that's important. And we'll weigh all those things and we will uh, at some point – White smoke will come out from the bachelor mansion and we'll have a bachelor. It, could there ever be a Peter Krause season or is that just like fully dead? You know, you never say never. Peter's somebody who absolutely has remained in the bachelor family, just like Ari and Lauren. I mean, as you saw, they're, they're on paradise and they're, you know, everybody, there's nobody who I think, maybe after Bachelor Winter Games, Luke Pell has kind of. Um, said I want nothing to do with this franchise anymore. But most people um, have to. Most most people like so. Yeah, you you never know. I mean, you want it to be the most successful season possible. So so who knows? When you look at uh, like some of the top contenders right now, who are you hearing the most about from fans? Like Jason. Well, a lot of times, well, a lot of times it has to do with what's happened recently, which is why it's nice to get some distance and see everything. So right now, it's all Jason. Right. Um, right. But then presumably someone else will be heartbroken and there will be. There's that yeah. as well. And then there's but there's also, like I said, you know, we had people heartbroken from JoJo season. And then all of a sudden Nick starts airing on Bachelor in Paradise. And it was, gosh, I really love Nick. So, you know, I think we have to look at that. I think you look at do you take a guy what was interesting like we said we didn't know nothing about Juan Pablo now he's on Bachelor in Paradise but do you look at somebody like Grocery Store Joe who's a guy that had a huge following without knowing anything about him um you know so i think that there's all sorts of 
people. But Jason, right now, if you're doing it right now and you said, okay, who's the person people really want to see? It would be Jason. Right. I'm concerned about Grocery Joe's ability to narrate the show at all or, you know, express his feelings after Mm -hmm. his Men Tell All performance. Like, Chris Harrison was really doing all the work. He did. He did all the work. That's very astute of you. Um, and uh, look, I think that that's the thing that's important. And these are all these things go into that decision as well. And that's why sometimes people think that, you know, when we pick somebody or don't pick somebody, it has to do with, oh, you know, you weren't listening to what people wanted and whatever. But there's a lot of decisions. So I think that's a totally valid point about Grocery Joe. Would you ever uh, bring back the two bachelors? fight to the death format maybe i don't know i mean is that something um you'd want to see eh. i don't know i did <laughs> that's great it's like, <laughs> would you ever bring it back i thought you were trying to say like you guys should really do it and like, oh, no I don't know. i'm curious as a way to narrow people down because I remember with Caitlin and mm-hmm. um, and Britt, Britt, Britt. right? You're like thinking, Claire doesn't even remember right. Britt's name. I remember thinking Caitlin was a really obvious choice, so I wasn't even sure mm-hmm. why that decision was made. Why was that decision made? I think there was a real split. There wasn't a real clear cut person, and um, you know, I think uh, we probably were bored too. And was like, yeah. Yeah, well, let's do something, you know, interesting. And uh, no, I mean, I think it was just that i mean honestly i don't know that there was one thing that led to that decision oh that was but such am, a good season it was and i'm literally i'm sitting in my office and i'm staring at the uh it was one of the the, the boxes that the guys did the uh the the rose drops in um mike fleiss has the element so we also got that which i love too <laughs> i've got this great piece of bachelor history in my office did so it for the swag for that exactly that's right <laughs> So you have a lot of, like, qualities you're keeping in mind. When you think of an ideal bachelor or an ideal Mm -hmm. bachelorette, what does that look like? And are they different from each other? Do you want different things out of a bachelorette versus a bachelor? No, I think that they're all – I think it's it's really – the biggest thing is is just somebody that, you know, you really want to spend 22 hours with (laughs) that you, you believe in their journey that you think that um, the people who are going to be on the show are are going to want to also spend all this time with them. Uh, I think it's, you know, and I think you look at from season to season, sometimes, I mean, what was also great about Juan Pablo, which we loved, was, okay, we'd had Sean Lowe, who was like the ultimate bachelor in terms of the, you know, he was hunky, he was sincere, he was just, you know, he was like just a, a great, great person. And then you think, okay, well, how do you fo- do? You want to follow that with somebody who's out of that mold, which you could do, or do you do a left turn like Juan Pablo? So I think that's also <laughs> the thing that that's what was great about Nick. He felt like a left turn. Um, I feel like we actually haven't done that much on Bachelorette, and I think sometime, well, Caitlin was sort of that. I think she wasn't yeah. your typical yeah. Bachelorette, and that was and great TV. It was great TV. So I think that's something to really look at. So I think that, um, you know, we'll weigh, that's another thing we'll look at this last season with Ari. Okay. What would be kind of different, you know, who's, who's going to be different bachelor? <laughs> right. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, but obviously, as you mentioned before, the bachelor, we have paradise. We've seen mm-hmm. some crazy teasers. What yeah. can we yeah. expect from this season? We're very excited. <laughs> yes. Everyone. I have not, I, I I could not tell you. I don't think I can go five minutes without somebody telling me how excited they are for Bachelor in Paradise, which is great. Um, 
you can expect really everything that you've – to me, this has sort of been like the ultimate season of paradise. It's everything that you love um, in terms of just the you know the, the comedy. I, I think it's the funniest season we've ever done. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, I think the breakups have been really sort of more powerful than, than we've seen in, in – the, the past few seasons, uh, a lot of love triangles form this season, and uh, it's just it's just really what you love, and it really is an escape. So um, I really like, and I think that the fact we've had such great guys, both from Ari season and great girls on Becca season, that people are really excited to see, and they're all kind of different, um, is really kind of fun and exciting. I mean, you have people like Leo, and um, you know, you've got. Crystal, and you've got Kendall, and you've got people. So I think that it's just, it really feels like a greatest hit season for Bachelor in Paradise. I'm ready to see Crystal back on my television. Like, I almost had forgotten about her, and it's just a real delight to oh, know that. Oh, trust me. You know. You'll remember her real quickly. <laughs> um, also, have you met Jordan, and is he real, or is he a Westworld prototype? No, I've met Jordan. <laughs> And he's exactly – and he's uh, – to me, I think this would be a horrible world without people like Jordan. Um, and he's – because he is who he is. You know, I think one of the things from Rachel's season that we really sort of disliked and, it, you know, was somebody like Waboom, if you remember him, who mm-hmm. clearly was a guy who is just trying to be Jim Carrey and that's it. He's like, okay, I've got the – it was so calculated. Jordan – you know, who is also a heightened personality, but he exactly is. I remember just meeting him on his casting weekend and he is who he is. Um, he is, he is that guy. And, um, I think what's really great about paradise is that you're going to learn more about Jordan and see kind of how he got there. We started to touch on it at the end of Becca's one-on-one and then she sent him home. So, um, I I cannot wait. We are, he, he, but no, he is, he is a real person. (laughs) That's good. That's great. I mean, how often? I know we have like the Waboom guy. I remember one woman once wearing vampire fangs. Wait, we had Ashley the uh, Ashley Salter the Onion Girl. Well, but she's yeah. just amazing. <laughs> she was but amazing. They, there are these people who oh, sometimes the other way with I vampire see. fangs. She yeah. wore fangs coming out of the limo, yeah. and I think her name was Madison. Um, but. So you have these heightened personalities every season. Sometimes mm-hmm. it feels really real, sometimes more contrived. Yeah. How like is it just the case that every season you have a ton of wacky characters and you're trying to weed out the ones who are just playing? Yeah, I mean you tr- you try to and I think we've gotten more savvy with that, but um yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it takes a certain type to say I'm going to be able to I'm going to go on a TV show and really expose myself and it's not for <laughs> and Jordan everybody certainly did yes exactly in every possible way <laughs> that word could be used he did and um i think that yeah it takes a, certainly an extroverted personality and some of them are bigger than others but yeah some of them are also more calculating and not real and i think that's where you have to draw the line and see if you can figure that out well we can't wait to watch paradise more jordan and I can't wait to talk about the proposal. So <laughs> oh, I'm God switching the you. topic now. <laughs> okay. So how did this show happen? What was the pitch meeting like? Well, where did it, it start? It wasn't really a pitch meeting. Here, where it started was, um, you know, we talked to Mike Fleiss about doing something that could air after Bachelorette. And I had said to him, gosh, you know what I 
love that you did, even though uh, for a lot of reasons it can only air once, was this show we did called Who Wants to Marry a Multimillionaire? Right. Yes. And that was the, 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 you know, that was the, uh, the grandfather of the background check problem. Yeah. And it sort of led to, but there was something so compelling in that. Like, you know, you could just people people were there like you, you could just just imagine people saying, oh, my God, you got to turn on Fox. Somebody's going to get married. At the, they're doing a pageant and they're going to get married at the end of this. And it was just huge. And so it sort of started as a, OK, how do we do that as like a dating show, like basically a dating pageant? And it went through a lot of sort of iterations. I mean, that was the bones of it were that, and that's kind of what the show is now. And it kind of, you know, it went through a lot of, we looked at the different things in a pageant. We looked at, is there a talent portion? But that didn't seem to really lend itself to a relationship. And People don't care about your talents. They don't. And then I know we had talked about, there was one thing there was one wrinkle it was going to be this is when it was a dating thing and what it was was basically what would happen in the show which is the the lead would step out of the pod and then the two people would kind of talk about it make their plea and then the lead would pick his his or her final man or woman and then the person that was chosen would get the power because they would get like three different prize packages and two were like over the top romantic and one was like a friend zone package. <gasps> so, you know, so, and we, you know, we sort of batted that around and then it's sort of, I forget it, what was the original title we were calling it. Um, oh gosh, I can't even remember now for the life of me, but we couldn't clear the title. And so we <laughs> called it the proposal. Was it fuck Mary Kell? <laughs> No, but oh my God. First of all, that's a show. We have to develop that show. That would be a fantastic show. We would both really watch that show. Okay, I'm going to clear that title. We tried to call it F. Mary Kill, but that's fine. Whatever works. We'll figure out out what that show is. Um, But yeah, so in the meantime, um, so we called it the proposal, and then it was. Well, the proposal could be anything. I propose we go out and get people. Like anything could really be a proposal. You can propose anything. Um, uh. And then we we did kind of heighten it and make it over the time. We brought Neil Lane in with his rings in case they wanted to propose marriage. And then we found these people actually did want to. And we would ask, you know, are you ready to, to propose marriage? And most of them were. And that's sort of the evolution of this show. Wow. I had no so idea special. how eager people were to actually <laughs> propose on camera. Oh, you'd be you'd be surprised, yeah. <laughs> so, like, when it came time to choose a host, mm-hmm. why Jesse Palmer? And also, why does he say things the exact same way every time? Is it all pre-taped and he's a hologram? <laughs> mm, he is. I can confirm he's not a hologram. <laughs> Other than that, I don't know about the rest of it. But um, <laughs> he, uh, so Jesse, we went through again. We went through a lot of different iterations with this show and we we thought about a lot of different people and jesse someone i've known for a long time and i know he wanted to host and he just at a certain point i think that when we really leaned into the pageant thing and you think about the old sort of like miss america pageants with you know people like burt parks or um you know you think of william shatner and miss congeniality or um you know, people like that, you really think to yourself, okay, you you just want that guy who is just that uh, somebody who, who, who 
has those kind of hosting jobs. Jesse also does a lot of sports too, so he brought the sporting mm-hmm. aspect to it, and the fact that the guy was a bachelor too. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. It was the trifecta. So that was it was really kind of an easy decision. And I thought he's been fantastic. And he really you know, he was a quick study. I mean, there's a brand new format, so he's gotta figure it out, but he brought all those little touches, like, you know, nothing to be ashamed of. Or um, <laughs> I mean I remember there were times I don't know how many times we played it in the show, but when somebody would be talking about, you know, why I'm here, a lot of times during the beachwear round and they say you know like you know i'm here because my mom just died and um and it's really hard and i've thought i've had to throw myself into this and i need to start taking chances that's what it showed me life is short and jesse would come over and be like your mother's watching down on us right now and she's very proud of you and it was just it was like he really believes in this and takes it seriously and that was the most important thing and i can't say enough about how good jesse is as this host that's so sweet so we need to ask where did the idea for like the intro video packages with the swirling you know our producer i think it's our producer jason ehrlich that came up with it and i remember seeing that the first time oh my god this is a signature thing like no show has this like this is gonna be like the weirdest thing thing. i've ever seen on tv bizarre bizarre and there were so many meanings and things about the the color like at one point (laughs) the, the 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 pod blob was like gold and I was like no that looks too weird and ostentatious and how do we I mean if you knew how much massaging this all took just to get it done so do they just wear a full body green suit to do that or no we have a thing we just give it to a a, um there's like a post-production house that just knows how to um how to how to just make those those full body shots look like like bobs that's like the most (laughs) it's incredible incredible. it Um, is It's, it's incredible and when the when the, there's also the the concept of the pod, um, yes. the lead is in the pod, a pod oh, person. This is where it came. You know what? The original title of the show was the Secret Admirer, and that's ah. where, and that's that's what it was. And it was a, the guy in in the pod looking out. So that's yes. Thank you for <laughs> you 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 now um, got me to where this was. Okay. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. What about Peeping Tom? You guys should try a show called Peeping Tom. <laughs> we like that idea. Um, <laughs> You know, we thought of yes, that that definitely came up. Not for this show, but that is a title. Believe it or not, you're not the first to oh, suggest God. that. Oh, it God. is a crime. I'm just you know, just gonna throw that out there. We would explore the lighter aspects. <laughs> the lighter, Keeping just like we, just like we were talking about the, the lighter, lighter aspects, aspects of stalking, stalking. online stalking. Yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that word gets a bad rap. <laughs> So, like, they come out of the pod when it's the last two people. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in a case uh, where the two people or one of the two people has then gone back to write their proposal and been like, oh, no, I find him repulsive or I find her really unattractive? <laughs> no, God, I wish. Um, <laughs> that would be, yeah, so that would be great. But, no, I think that, you know, what happens is you're so amped up. Like, this is so you've got people cheering and everything. It's crazy that. That people really um, just get – they get so, like, excited about this. I think they're just in the moment. Have you thought about, like, pushing the envelope to, like, make the person less and less conventionally hunky? So well, I think that... we sort of did that. If you saw Winston on Monday, That's I mean, true. you know. I wasn't sure if that was, was intentional. <laughs> it wasn't intentional. But there definitely <laughs> was, like, a – you know, they're not the guys you'd normally see on The Bachelor, per se. I mean, we – What's interesting, if you stick with the show and and you see 
there's there's actually a through line you'll see in in the last couple episodes where there's a guy that got this great response that was a he was just like a regular UPS driver and not and he got people were so upset when he left heartbroken we made him the person in the pod Aww. and then you'll see there's a girl that's the runner up in that episode that that was our last episode of the season so we didn't know but Jesse asked her to be on the pod and you just root for this person but the you know they're they're fairly normal people and i think if we start doing more of this a little bit of the recycling like we do on the bachelor you'll see it start to get sort of more normal and yeah maybe less conventional yeah i mean is it a different group of people from The Bachelor, or do you have a, a similar casting pool? No, well, it's a new it's a new show, so it's always hard. Now that people know what the show is, I think it'll get easier to cast. So you're not just like this guy didn't work for The Bachelor. We'll put him in the pod. <laughs> no, that really didn't didn't happen. Yeah, except and, with um, Kristen. Except with Kristen, and um, you know, I will say, I tell you, one person who was going to be in the pod was Eric Bigger. Um, oh my who's god! On Bachelor in Paradise, and it was, but it was sort of like at that point we'd shot I think seven or eight episodes, and it was you know you could see like it certainly is a good thing in terms of a okay you'll get promotion and you'll get people people will say you know maybe you want to see it but you could see like he was doing it to to just just to try it out like which I can't blame him like I totally get it but it was sort of like yeah I'll try it and I'll see what happens and. Um, at that point it was like, you know, let's not, let's actually take somebody who, so I don't know that we would necessarily take bachelor people unless they really thought they could get married in an hour. <laughs> yeah. No, that seems, that seems fair. And bachelor people are like, fair, no, right? I want to like, take a yeah, long time. No, I want weeks. six weeks. I need yeah. eight exactly. weeks. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, can the process be sped up anymore? Could we get like a 10 minute web series in which the final couple at the end like buys a house together why don't we see i don't know i i i think that the way the world is changing now i mean for me it's it's bizarre like i'm actually proud of the proposal in a way that i think it does hold up a little bit of a mirror to kind of how things are right now and how the world is going and how quickly we move to do anything right now or say things or May, you know, these declarations we make very quickly are are true. So um, you never know. Maybe we could figure out that that speed dating uh, show where it's yeah. ten minutes, ten minutes to um, ten minutes to a mortgage. I guess we yeah, call it. ten minutes to a mortgage. Oh, that is inspired. That's a great Thank web you. web series. Yeah. Title. I would certainly watch. That. My other suggestion was at the <laughs> end. You know, you have all the women like harvest their eggs, and then at the end <laughs> they conceive a child oh, together. Like that. The harvesting, yeah, that has a Unethical, little bit of maybe. Tale, which is good. <laughs> I don't know. Some would call it that. Others Some might would... just call it entertaining. We're all just asking questions here. We're having conversations. Well, right. Claire, exactly. I, just, I had no yeah. idea you'd thought this much about this, and I'm leaving this conversation inspired, honestly. Yeah, oh, well, and so am I. <laughs> Although I do want to ask before we totally wrap up on the mm -hmm. proposal. Um <laughs> <laughs> What kind of marriage success rate you're expecting from from this season? And well, will we get a televised eight? wedding? <laughs> I think it would be more of like a televised commercial because that would <laughs> only be fair for the proposal. It would be an interstitial somewhere. Um, look, you never say never to anything. The success rate so far has been really good. These couples all, have, most of them have stayed together. 
um, Winston. I think we announced Winston and the uh, the showgirl that he picked. Unfortunately, they tried to make it work and didn't, so they've they've parted ways. But most of them have stayed together. And uh, look, if it leads to some weddings, that would be absolutely fantastic. That is the goal. So yeah. ABC bringing love to the whole world. That's what we do exactly. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for for answering all of our many questions. Oh my wow, God, it this was, was amazing. so fun. Oh, no, you guys are absolutely fantastic. This has been so delightful, and we hope that we get to do it again. Please, whenever, let me know, and um, thank you again for all the, the support. And I'm excited for you guys to see the finale Monday night, and certainly keep any suggestions welcome as to who the Bachelor should be and why, and we listen to everything. Oh, I'm sure we'll have many yeah. opinions. You'll so, see that yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> you have opinions? Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you out there on, on, the, on Twitter as, as the finale plays out. We can't wait. I look forward to it. Awesome. Well, thank All you right. so much thank again. You. Take care. You Take too. Care. Bye. 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 And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks so much to our guest, Robert Mills. And of course, to our producers, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson. Do you love Here to Make Friends? You do. (laughs) Find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to subscribe and give us a rating. We love hearing what you think. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, so please like us there. You can find both of us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Clara E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. Or, of course, you can always send us an email at heretomakefriends at huffpost.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.